You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. Hi, I'm so pleased to be with you today and I'm honored that Pastor Curtis invited me to speak with you today. And I know that you're in a series about the table, being at the table, and we're in the holiday season And um, if you think about some of the things that you enjoy most about your holidays, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a family that was not a Christian family. But even so, I have warmest, the warmest of memories uh, of our holiday celebrations around the table, around the family table, celebrating with food. And there's something that happens in the family environment, in the community environment, where the labor and love that is expended in the cooking is transferred from the pot to the plate when we're sitting around and enjoying a meal together and we're telling stories and we're reconnecting and sharing our common history as a family and connecting with our identity. There's something about the breaking of bread that connects us with our identity, our shared family values, and then our destiny as a family and as a community. And certainly that's the case with the church, and certainly that's the case with the people of God. From the very beginning to the very end of Scripture, we see this common design pattern, this thread that runs from front to back about the power of the table. We see that God opens the story of mankind in a garden, And he talks about what they can and cannot eat, what they can and cannot consume. And then we see all the way through the scripture, we see the the meal that Abraham shares uh, with the three visitors from God. We see the communion, the last supper that Jesus shared with the disciples. We see that even in the book of Revelation at the very end, there's this thing called the marriage supper. And so there's something powerful that happens around the table. And if we miss it, we'll only focus on consumption of food. But what really takes place is the consumption and the participation and sharing of our, our values and our kingdom community and what that means. And so we see throughout the scripture that there was feasts that God ordained and mandated for his people. And the feasts weren't about the food so much as it was about the telling of the shared common history, the shared common values, the shared fact that they're God's special people and their shared identity and destiny. And so it's so important for us to realize that there's a right and a wrong way for us to share our table and for us to come to the table together. As I'm talking, I'm even thinking of, you know, when Jesus, after his uh, crucifixion, we see that the disciples were somewhat confused and dismayed and they went back to fishing. And there was an occasion where they, they were fishing and they weren't catching anything. And then they see someone on the shore who says, hey, have you caught any fish? And they said, no, we fished all night. And he says, well, try casting one more time on the other side of the boat. And of course, you got to think they're thinking, We've been doing this all night, but all right. And so they throw the net over and they catch 153 big fish. And they come to the realization that it's the Lord. And the brothers rush to get to the shore. And what does Jesus have there at the shore? He has some fish broiling on a fire. And he breaks bread and has shared fish with them. And, and so, so this sense of community, the sense of joy and sharing 
around the table is about more than just food. It's more than just physical sustenance. But when we share a meal, we want a full belly, but just as much we want a full heart. And if we'll, if we'll understand the power of the table and the nature of what God intended for us in the breaking of bread together, we can participate in that in a whole new way. And so there is a right way and a wrong way to engage in that. And um, I'll just share very quickly out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where the Apostle Paul is addressing some disorder around the Lord's table with the Corinthians. And we need to understand the Corinthians were a pagan society. Corinth was full of uh, you know, pagan temples, pagan worship, all kinds of idolatry. And so it's not surprising that Paul had to address this. Uh, the, the ancient Roman Empire was full of paganism. And, and so they were coming together not for the uh, right purpose because it wasn't for the, with the right attitude. They weren't sharing out of the koinonia fellowship that was intended through the breaking of bread with one another. The term communion that we share uh, in our churches is, you know, it's a, it's a conjoining of two words, common and union. And it comes from the Greek term koinonia. And koinonia is the, the Greek term that's used for fellowship as well as communion or common union. And so uh, if there's no fellowship with the breaking of bread, if there's no eating and drinking of one another, just as much as there is the eating and drinking of our food and our shared dishes, then we're missing the point. It's just like if we come to church and we don't actually engage in fellowship and engage in the lives and gifts and blessings of one another and rejoicing with one another in their victories as well as sharing one another's burdens with their struggles, we're really missing the whole point of the church. And if the church is meant to be anything, it's meant to be community common unity. And that common unity comes through Christ. And one of the ways that we share in that is through the breaking of bread. And so let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want just to read this to you because Paul is really rebuking them for a lack of order and a lack of mindfulness in their breaking of bread. And so in verse 17, it says, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it actually is not to eat the Lord's Supper. They were supposed to be coming to eat the Lord's Supper, but because of their, their conduct and their mentality, it ended up not being the Lord's Supper. And this is why, because for in eating, one takes his own supper ahead of the others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? And what he's saying is, is you know, can't you come with an attitude where you're not trying to pig out and, and, and fill your stomach so much uh, that you can't share with one another? All right, this is what he's really saying. Don't you have houses to eat in? Can't you come prepared and not just thinking that it's a time to, to just, um, you know, gorge yourself on, on the food? And again, keep in mind, this is the ancient Roman Empire. And so, you know, their festivals were all about gorging and pigging out and, and self-indulgence to the max. And so there's not, it's not a mystery why this is happening amongst the Corinthians. Don't you have houses to eat in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. 
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now that term remembrance is very key for us to think about and meditate on. What is remember? Well, you're a member. I'm a member of the body of Christ. We are living epistles. We're living stones. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so to take the members and remember is to reconnect, right? And so to remember is also to reconnect with our common unity in Christ. And so we need to understand this and be mindful of it. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so again, it's, it's you know, communion in my understanding, and if you look at the Last Supper, what's traditionally known as the Last Supper, where Jesus is given instructions before He goes to the cross, I would think that that is a very, very important, crucial time. If I was getting ready to leave my whole life's calling and mission to a bunch of guys, I think I would say some things that are very important. And, um, and so He shares very vital, important things around that table. and. This is nothing uh, less than that either. And so he took the cup and he shared this. This is the new covenant in my blood. This is a time to go from old covenant to new covenant. It was a huge transitional time. All right. And he says, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Uh, that's a pretty strong statement. Um, and if we're not mindful and appreciative and thankful and recognize and honor the body of Christ and honor the Christ that's in one another, regardless of the level of recognition or popularity or what you think their gifts are or maybe they're not or their level of maturity, we need to realize as, as the church of Jesus Christ, they're image bearers of God. They're created in the likeness and image of God. We are image bearers of God. Our mentality, our value system, our ethics all need to be heavenly, spiritually connected to the kingdom of God. And so thereby we honor all people. We don't honor people only if we think they're honorable. We honor all people because we're honorable. And I think that's really important. Um, it doesn't matter if someone is mature or not in their walk. If they're part of the body of Christ, we need to honor the Christ in them. And I think this is really what this is talking about here. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of Christ. If you don't appreciate, if you don't respect, if you don't honor, you'll be guilty of the body and the blood of Christ. And, and so he's not saying only respect and honor the body of Christ that was sacrificed on the cross, but we're the living body of Christ today. You're the hands and feet of Christ in the earth today. You're the mouth, you're the ears, you're the eyes of Christ today. And, um, and so it's so vital that we honor one another. And if we honor one another, we won't have factions. We won't have disrespect. We won't backbite and criticize. 
Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself so that he'll eat of that bread and drink of that cup properly. Whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And again, not discerning the Lord's body on the cross? Well, sure, but he's not on the cross anymore. What's the Lord's body today? It's his living body, this, the, these people that we're supposed to be remembering with, reconnecting with. And so I think that's why it's so important that we don't just limit communion to a corner off of a wafer and a sip of juice. I think there's a reason why it's a, what the book of Jude refers to as a love feast. Um, you know, all the Old Testament feasts that were mandated by God for the children of Israel they were mandated so that they could share in their common history, share in their common identity, share in their common destiny, and share in the fact that we are God's chosen people. And so it wasn't just about the, the food, but it was in a very real sense, the feast encapsulated the story in the meal. The elements of the meal oftentimes told the story. For example, the Passover. The Seder meal, those, those elements of that meal really were part of the story. And so, you know, what I remember so much about our family holidays, which we just had Thanksgiving to yesterday here, is we tell the same stories we tell year after year. And you know what? We laugh just as hard. We enjoy them just as much. You know, I might say, Curtis, tell about when you did this or that. Or he might say, Dad, tell about when this or that happened. Now, do we not, not remember the story? Yeah, we remember it. But the fun is, is in the telling and in the sharing. And this is part of how we connect as a family. These silly stories are part of what makes us the family of parks. The stories that you tell around your table are connecting you to your identity. And this is what makes you who you are. And so this is why it's so critical. You know, they say nowadays families share common meals together, share dinner together around their own dinner table less than twice a week. That's tragic because I grew up, we shared almost every evening meal together and many times breakfast as well. And so that's where you're sharing your vision for the day or what happened during the day. You're sharing your values. We need to understand that the kingdom of God is caught as much as it is taught. And so um, this is part of how we catch these things. You know, Jesus had his disciples who he was transferring his mission to, to change the world. He didn't have a classroom. How did he do that? He said, you come walk with me, see what I do, do what I do, and then teach others to do the same. And so this is what happens around the kitchen table when we share a meal. Um, We're sharing our family history. We're sharing our experiences. We're sharing our value system. We're sharing what makes us who we are. And so this is so, so important. And notice this again, verse 29. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And sleep is a way of saying that many have passed on. Many are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And so notice how crucial this is. Many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, or many have died because you don't rightly discern. And, um, and so if you remember um, 
in the book of Acts, what happened after the day of Pentecost, the early church, what were some of the characteristics? They broke bread from house to house and had prayer meetings in homes and meals in homes, and they shared openly, they shared wonderfully. They weren't counting the cost. They, they, they recognized the power of what was happening in the transitional period that they were in, going from old covenant faith to new covenant faith. And, um, and so I think one of the things that's been lost in society, and we should not allow it to be lost in our family and in our community, in our churches, is the power of breaking bread with one another and sharing with one another, not only for full bellies, but for full hearts, not only for um, uh, the sake of enjoying good food, but enjoying one another and the gifts, the power, and the goodness that God has given into each of our lives, that we share those things, share our testimonies, and share our struggles as well, so that we can reconnect, that we can remember and be a part of that body, the koinonia fellowship. And when we do this, the outsider will see this beauty and say, that's something I want to be a part of. And so I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, this is a big part of my life. Uh, I enjoy uh, not only the labor of making a meal, but I enjoy just as much seeing the love and thankfulness of people enjoying a meal and getting a full belly. And then we share the laughs around the table and the stories and have a full heart as well. And so let me pray for you and we'll close with that. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.